This is Your Life, God's Truth, your QFM. It's Phil here in the studio and a little bit nervous here uh, at the moment as I have my friend Coach Jeff in the studio with me. How you doing, Jeff? Good to see you. Yeah, doing well, Phil. And yeah, no, no reason to be nervous, even though I probably am too. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, filled with the spirit, um, you know, and uh, spirit and truth. Yeah. Hand well, that's hand. the thing with this guy, because uh, Jeff comes in every once in a while and he is a teacher, you know, ergo the name coach. And uh, I just love it when he comes by. He has been led by the spirit to really understand scripture and it's just so interesting to talk with him and i don't know if you guys caught it but on saturday was the uh, 20th of march you sponsored that day on qfm and you did it basically uh, if we were to sum it up in honor of passover and the taking of the last supper with christ the commemoration of that and uh, we did it you did it according to the biblical calendar right jeff yeah, that evening on Saturday would have been the evening of the 14th of Abib, or the first month. Uh, Abib stands for the month of the bar- barley harvest, and uh, biblically that's the first month, and the 14th of Abib is the beginning of the preparation day, and that would follow through to the next morning. Uh, in the Bible, it's uh, evening before morning, so then that next morning on the biblical calendar would have been the crucifixion of Christ. Yeah. And him being on the cross from 9 until 3. And then the darkness was a factor of it as well that is talked about in Exodus 12, right? Yes, and uh, the scriptures say that uh, the lamb was supposed to be slain uh, before twilight or by twilight. And uh, so there was uh, a darkness involved at at that time. And, uh, of course, Christ being on the cross from 9 in the morning until 3, God brought darkness from noon to 3. Hmm. which was a uh, fulfillment of the Old Testament requirements for the, the uh, uh, sacrifice of the lamb. Of, of the lamb at yeah. twilight, yeah. Well, we started talking about this, and you sponsored that day, and you know, we were talking about biblical calendars, and then we started also talking about where we are as a nation right now and where we are as, a, as the American church or even the worldwide Church of Christ, and we really have gotten off track in so many ways. I think we've, you know, we know that. We've talked about it so much, and this country and the world is, uh, we were just talking, we need to be asking God for mercy, right, Jeff? Because we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, we're uh, we're in need of repentance as a nation, and and that starts obviously with individuals and uh, starts with the person in the mirror, which... uh, You know, we deal with that every day. I deal with it personally every day. Um, I've been praying the Lord's Prayer on a daily basis. And as Phil and I discussed, uh, the daily uh, prayer of the Lord uh, and the requirement uh, of asking for uh, God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only place we have control of God's will being done on earth is in our own lives. It's a daily prayer of submission to the Lord's will. And then, of course, that includes the gospel right there because uh, God's will starts with being born again. Yeah, yeah, amen. You've got some notes that you brought with you, and it even starts with creation. And let's start there, and I'm going to let you kind of walk through what you have, and I'll maybe jump in from time to time, Jeff, but uh, it's going to be like... uh, a Bible study, 
talking about roots of Scripture, and I think some things, some real bold points are going to shine through with what uh, Jeff shares here uh, from his notes. So, yeah, and uh, you brought a magazine having to do with cancel culture, of all things, but that really is an issue with getting back to our biblical roots, right? Yeah, Phil. Um, a little bit of divine providence yesterday. Went uh, down and visited my sister a little bit unexpectedly. Even stopped in, and she had a Decision magazine, which you might, uh, many of you are probably familiar with, from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And mm-hmm. um, it on the cover, cancel culture, which uh, obviously is pretty much totally contrary to uh, you know the biblical lifestyle and, and uh, God's will for our yeah. lives and for yeah. this world. And the article in there, and many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with Jonathan Kahn. Oh, yeah. But the main article in there is uh, uh, Rabbi Kahn, who's obviously a a Messianic Jew, uh, wrote a very powerful article in there. And uh, uh, he's one of uh, a few that I I find uh, that understand that we are in a position where we— have to repent and repentance starts in the church um you know second chronicles seven fourteen. this isn't mm-hmm. if my people issue um, we are the salt of the earth and uh right now um this this lies in our our area in our lap basically uh and we need to quit pointing fingers at the evildoers per se, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, it's a political party or others, it just, this falls back into our lap as believers. And we, it's, it's possible. It is biblically possible to pass the point of no return. Uh, Phil and I were talking about uh, the Israelites when they were about to, uh, They'd scouted out the land, the promised land, and they were called to go in and and claim it. And the 10 verses 2, and Joshua and Caleb brought back a good report, and 10 others brought back a report and fearful, and they caused fear within the camp, and they did not go in. And the next day, you know, they repented and decided to go in, and God said, no, don't do it. They missed it by one day. And they went in, and they basically got annihilated and then spent 40 years in the wilderness afterwards. So one day. One yeah. day of rebellion and uh, uh, LCE, life-changing event, they call that. Yeah, no <laughs> so, um, you know, where are we at? Um, a little bit unknown. We're on un- uncharted territory, obviously. But at this point in time, we really need to cry out for mercy um, for ourselves yeah. and, you know, our, our own lifestyles. You know, what, what have we done? What can we change? What can we bring in, you know, uh, that makes us more in God's will, the changes that we need to make in our own lifestyle. Um, and again, I spend time every day in the mirror. What, you know, your will be done, Lord. Yeah. Uh, thy will be done. So, and I think as a group of believers, that's what we need to do and ask the Lord for mercy. You know, our, you know, please, you know, don't allow us to be past that point. Allow us to, to repent and, uh, uh, as a, as believers, uh, we are, again, the salt and the light. We need to lead uh, and quit pointing fingers and change and go back to a, a truly, truly biblical lifestyle based yeah. in the Spirit and the Word, which is Spirit and truth. That's how yeah. we're supposed to worship. 
Yes, and, you know, the church has really shirked its responsibility, but the church is us. You know, it's it's us supporting a church. It's us engaging with a church. And, you know, uh, for example, the church has completely, for the most part, pulled out of uh, education, educating our young people coming up on the importance of things like creation and so forth. Right, uh, Jeff? I mean, you know, we're just kind of passing it off now to the state for the most part. And, and then we like to get mad when the public education is teaching things we absolutely are opposed to. Um, you know, is it too late to pull that back? I don't know, but, you know, it might not hurt to give it a try. <laughs> well, it's really our only answer is yeah. to um, turn to God and his ways fully. Fully, yeah. no compromise. No compromise. Um, one of the things that uh, Phil and I were just discussing briefly before we uh, went on the air here is um, the cancel culture is in the church and has been in the church for decades, and that might shock some of you, but um, one of the areas that comes up immediately is creation. Um, the church in many areas has compromised on teaching creation, and uh, the facts actually back up creation. Uh, there's wonderful books out there uh, that uh, are science-based that show that evolution is absolutely impossible in many, 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 many areas. And the Bible teaches that, you know, it starts with Elohim, God created. That's the uh, First name. First few verses. <laughs> yeah, the, yep, the, the name for God, ancient, most ancient name for God is Elohim, and that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's that name has a pluralness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twenty, the six twenty-four hour days, we serve a God that could have created the earth in six hours, six minutes, six seconds, six tenths of a second. Yeah, He is sovereign over time, matter, space, everything and anything. Um, and there is no way, even even if you try and explain the creation you know, through natural ways, there is no way to complete it. It takes yeah. supernatural to complete the equation for creation. Amen. There's no way that it could have happened without the supernatural. And the signs of the supernatural are overwhelming. Um, you go back to uh, creation again, Aleph Tav, the, the Alpha and Omega. Aleph Tav is Hebrew. And uh, it's mentioned over 7,000 times in the Old Testament, Hmm. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Uh, The interesting thing, too, about the Aleph is uh, the ancient hieroglyph for the Aleph is an oxen. And that was to represent God actually as a servant to mankind. And Jesus lived that life for us and proved that. And the oxen is also the largest of the sacrificial animals, too. And then the Tav, if you look at the Tav, it's a T at an angle, like a cross like being a cross. carried up a hill. Yeah. Amazing wow. story right there, 7,000 yeah. times in the yeah. Old Testament. Uh, and then Jesus, Jesus is referred to as the creator 70, in 72 verses. There's reference to Jesus as the creator. So if we minimize or compromise on creation, we're minimizing and compri- compromising on our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Jesus the Christ himself. So the other thing that comes up if we don't teach creation is the foundation for one man, one woman for one lifetime Mm -hmm. and the foundational teaching for the family. And that's the building block. The family's the building block for the church and the nation. 
And look what we, you know, you reap what you sow by not teaching creation, the fundamentals of creation and the truth of it. Look what it's done to the family, the church, and our nation at this time. Again, Coach Jeff in the studio with me, and he just uh, is a wonderful guy. He is spirit-led on his knowledge of Scripture, and he just wanted to share some things. And I said, absolutely. And we're kind of working our way through some of your notes. And the fact that the church uh, has compromised, not all churches. I mean, there are some churches, Jeff, uh, even in our area, that are passionate for truth, but yet maybe aren't still quite where you're at as far as some of the minutia things. And, and all of it is important. You know, we're, we, if we're not really settled on biblical truth, it's so easy to, to start sliding. And, and the church has done that over the years, hasn't it? Yeah, we've uh, um, compromised in a number yeah. of areas. And, uh, and of course, that brings in too, so some of the compromise has actually been bringing in some pagan elements actually have yeah. come into the church, which uh, if you read the Old Testament, that was uh, something that obviously happened uh, with the Hebrew Jewish nation, and they were they were judged for it, largely judged for it, uh, including killing their own children. And that should probably raise a few hairs on the back of your neck at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that we've compromised that is causing us great issues too is, is giving. I think we're, last I looked, we're under 3% as far as believers giving to the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Um, the scriptures teach tithes and offerings. And the tithe is actually pre-law. Uh, Abraham and Jacob both tithe. Um, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Yeah. Jesus in the New Testament is referenced as being of the line of Melchizedek, the priesthood of Melchizedek. So I totally believe that the tithe is is still valid. If you read in the Old Testament, the tithe was meant to support the Christian worker. The 12 tribes were to tithe to support the 13th tribe, the Levites. The workers. Yep, the workers, yeah, the the full-time Christian workers, you know, or faithful workers per se at that time. So 10% from... 12 people, individuals, creates 120%. The Levites are supposed to tie themselves, mm. which would create 130%. So 100% of that obviously would create income for the worker of faith. Yeah. The next priority for uh, the faithful believers with that other 30% was actually those that were in need, and they were mostly you know, listed as widows and the orphans, but those in genuine need, basically, is, mm-hmm. is the category for that next 30%. Uh, buildings, you know, we've got a lot of buildings that sit pretty dormant for most yeah. of the week around here that we've put a lot of money in. And, and they're not, expensive to operate. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I'm not saying they're not a good thing and not a blessing, but um, the buildings <laughs> in the scriptures were supported by offerings over and above mm-hmm. the tithe. And uh, here's here's the interesting part of that. If we're tithing, again, go back to that 12 plus 1 principle, which, interestingly enough, you find with the disciples in Christ oh, yeah. in the New Testament, that 12 plus, plus 1 principle um, and the tithing that it creates, that means that 12 families— can by tithing can, can produce an income to support that 
13th family as a full-time worker of faith. Yeah. So um, figure families are roughly, you know, four people, um, 12 families. Let's use a round number of 50. Uh, if we take that and we wanted to produce 12 full-time workers 50, with, uh, you know, families numbering, you know, the total family number of 50, 12 families per se, uh, that a church of 600, if you do the math, a church of 600 should be able to support 12 full-time workers. Okay, full-time. Yeah. So what are they going to do during the week? Well, how about if those are our teachers? Yeah. And how about if we're teaching faith-based education, which is what we're called to do for those six days a week, and would that be a world changer? Yeah, that is that's actually really interesting. But we haven't and you know, we haven't done anything like that. I mean, maybe there's been a there's a few churches that have schools, but uh, but what you're saying here, it makes so much sense. And God is that God of order and it was it's something we're commanded to do in scripture, but we're just not doing it. And so we're not able to support that, so we hand it off to the government. Yeah, we basically abdicated our responsibilities yeah. to, to the government and uh Phil and I talked about this earlier also. You know, we kicked the Bible and prayer out of school, and uh, we basically brought in humanism. And for a while, humanism masqueraded as our buddy. They supported mm-hmm. us morally. As long as we didn't bring in the Bible and we didn't pray, pray they were going to support us morally. But humanism has shifted drastically, and humanism was and actually always has been a mechanism of mystery Babylon. Yeah. Humanism is a religion. Hmm. And it has shifted to the point where, look what we have at this point in time. We have chaos. Yeah, we do. We have a, have a I'm not necessarily a political person, but our leader of our land does not have the discernment to instruct our people of which bathroom to use at this time. Mm-hmm. We have just about moved into total chaos morally. And that's a sign of abdicating our responsibilities of biblical education, which goes back to giving. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's such that's very, very good and very important. We time is ticking on us. Let's just I'm gonna let you just keep going, Jeff. Okay, yeah, thanks, Phil. Um, a couple things to remember. Um, you know, everything belongs to God, James one seventeen, you know, all good and perfect things come from the Father above and whom there is no shadow of turning. That means he's the source, much like the sun doesn't have a shadow because it's the source of light. God is the source of all good and perfect things. Um, giving is meant to be a blessing, not a burden, and produce the attitude yeah. of gratitude. And that's a missing element in, in our church right now, you know, for a large part. Some of you are on track with many of the things that we've been discussing, Amen. and blessings to you, and the Lord will bless you for that. But we all need to get back, get back to the biblical foundation and, you know, again, worship in spirit and in truth. One of the major blessings that comes from tithing, and pretty much every financial, Christian financial advisor will tell you this is when you learn to live on 90 percent basically you create a budget to do that that creates self-control self-control is a fruit of the spirit 
Self-control is a form of discipline. Interestingly enough, Jesus never called us to be Christians. He called us to be disciples, which comes from the root word of discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, The consequences for lack thereof in giving, uh, lack of Christian workers. Yeah. And, you know, Levites in the Old Testament, but, you know, our elders and so on and so forth in the New Testament. And it also, again, allowed humanism to get uh, take hold and now shift. And uh, um, we talked about one of my favorite pastors who's, uh, who's gone now, but uh, Adrian Rogers, who many of you are probably aware of. You know, he made a statement many years ago that there's a difference between virtues and values. And virtues don't shift, but look at how our values yeah. have shifted. And, and we unfortunately have paralleled that boat uh, that has shifted, and that's that humanism boat, which, again, uh, when you do study, that relates to Mystery Babylon. Yeah. All right, again, Coach Jeff is in the studio, and I know we've got a few more points we need to cover here, Jeff, and it's thank you for doing this. It's so interesting. Keep going. Well, along the lines of the back to giving in the, the second point, that lack of self-control, um, the moral slight because of the lack of self-control, and the monetary bankruptcy, we are basically morally and monetarily bankrupt at this time. Yeah. Um, and again, the foundation for that self-control, giving, our lack of giving at you know, less than 3%, I think the last I heard was like 2.3%. There's a there's repercussions. You know, you you reap what you sow. That's when when uh, when they were going to build the uh, tabernacle in the Old Testament, and they asked for the offerings, not the tithes, but the offerings. They were so overwhelmed with offerings yeah. that they actually had to tell the people to stop. Stop giving. Amazing yeah. how the Lord was working at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So. And that brings us kind of to point number three, and you know the compromise. And uh, you know we're, we're called to worship in spirit and in truth, uh, two sides of the same coin. They're inseparable with God. Uh, God, God is loving. He's righteous, and that makes for a holy God in combination. Um, the compromise, what we've been dealing with because of the compromise, are the lusts, um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Uh, one of the things that gets thrown out there um, that you'll hear every every once in a while, which is uh, concerning, is the self-esteem issue that has been promoted even amongst Christian ranks. Yeah. Well, self-esteem is a code word for pride, and pride is an abomination. And I'm not trying to be hurtful here, but the Bible teaches self-respect. We are created in the image of God, and that goes back to creation. There is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. Our, our meaning in life comes from being created by Almighty God, and that's the foundation of being built, building on the rock, which we're supposed to build on. Um, also, uh, you know, the other thing that's happened, and uh, in this, we had a little discussion on Saturday, you know, according to the Passover, and uh, syncretism has slipped into the church uh, concerning Easter and the Passover and, uh, and even Christmas and the prophetic uh, requirement of the Lamb. Uh, there's 72 references in the Scriptures, Old and New Testament, concerning the Passover. There is zero for Easter. 
there is one reference in one of the versions for Easter in the book of Acts. And, but if you look at the actual Hebrew word, because there is no Greek word for Passover, it's Pasha or Pasek, which is the Passover. Hmm. So 72 references to the Passover, none for Easter. And the fact that, if you think about it, the Easter bunnies and the Easter eggs, those are signs of the reproduction ceremony of the spring equinox, which is pagan. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to be hurtful here, but are we going to deal with the truth and, the and, and biblical yeah. truth, and are we going to worship in spirit and in truth? Uh, I can tell you this, the Lord has put it upon my heart not to compromise with syncretism. And there's a reason for that. It's Again, it's not being self-righteous. It's being submissive to God and his word and his ways, which we need. Um, we have our, our great slide has us in a point of chaos. We need to go back to the pure spirit and truth of yeah, God. Yeah. A lot of man-made, man-created things have slipped into the church just like it has in culture in general, you know, and that's basically what you're talking about, not just Easter, but other things. So uh, to get back to actual biblical truth. Uh, and we're not taught it, and that's the problem too. You know, we're taught what we're taught in public schools for the most part, you know, and we're not going to get anything anymore of what was actually taught from Scripture. So, And that's not how this country was founded. You know, this country originally was founded as a, a sanctuary, right, Jeff, for uh, biblical truth. And it's just, we've just slipped away from it gradually over the years. There is some amazing stories as far as the founding of this nation and how God has blessed and foreordained uh, portions of what has transpired in uh, in the formation of this country and the biblical foundation for it. Um, we do need to get back to, I'm going to take it even a step farther back, mm-hmm. we need to get back to the early church foundation. Yeah, that's right. Where, you know, th- there's a reason why even, uh, again, Easter's not mentioned. It's called Passover by the... Um, early church and also the apostles who wrote mm-hmm. all referred to it as the Passover. Now, there is a difference between the Old Testament Passover and the New Testament Passover. Christ did change some things. Well, Christ is God. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. But he also fulfilled the Old Testament requirements That's of right. the Lamb of God for the Passover. He is our Passover. Mm. Yeah, and uh, at the uh, Last Supper, it was unleavened bread and and wine. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, the blood and the body. Um, And that was, again, uh, the evening of the 14th of Abib, the the beginning of the preparation day, prior to the next day, which would have been the crucifixion. Um, Interestingly enough, Phil and I talked about this the other day, and kind of sadly enough. um, Obviously, we know that combination of the Gentile Romans and uh, being pushed by the uh, um, Hebrew Pharisees, the, mm-hmm. the Jewish Pharisees at that time, the religious leaders of the day, yeah. um, and and unlawfully pushing for the crucifixion of Christ according to their own laws and their own, and the scriptures. Um, interestingly enough, 
that those same Pharisees probably partook of the full Passover meal, which a number of things had been added to that Passover meal, so it had actually been corrupted. But after they crucified Christ, those Pharisees probably partook of the full Passover meal afterwards, which is just, it's gut-wrenching yeah. to me yeah. that, you know, the the hypocrisy yeah. uh, and the just self-righteousness, in the God. Wow. Uh, un, un, uncanny. Yeah, and actually, I've never ever heard anyone say that before, but it no doubt they did. I mean, they every jot, every tittle, uh, they were so concerned about as Pharisees, so they would have done that, you know. Yes, and and uh, the original in the original scriptures, the um, Passover meal was supposed to be combined to the lamb unleavened bread and and the uh, um, bitter herbs. And many th- they had added a number of things to it. So again, they had corrupted the Passover mm-hmm. meal according to the scriptures, and then crucified our Passover lamb. But according to the scriptures, which is interesting, that the Pharisees, the, the, being uh, many of them being the priests, crucifying the Passover lamb was actually biblical and yeah. part of God's plan. So that was amazing. And then also the other interesting part of that, which you've probably heard many, many times, was Pilate proclaimed Christ to be faultless, yes. not just innocent, but I find this man to be faultless. Pilate was the highest ranking official in the land, and he made that proclamation that our lamb was blemish free. Yeah. Wow. That's a good place to stop, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming to me and, and saying you wanted to share this on the air. I, I think it's just so important. Hopefully people will digest this. We'll put it up as a podcast and they can study uh, what you're saying. And, and I know you encourage people to study it yourself. You know, Look these things up uh, as far as original Hebrew meanings and things like that. I know you've spent a lot of time doing it, Jeff. Yeah, I'm not an expert in Greek or Hebrew, but um, I do use a couple of um, a couple of Bibles that I found to be the closest with both the Mounts translation, which is Greek, and then I also tend to reference the Young's literal translation. And uh, so I do I do study pretty deeply, even yeah. though I'm not an expert in uh, you know Greek or, Greek or Hebrew. Yeah. But uh, there's plenty of if you want to do that, I, I find that Bible Gateway um, works out really well, and you can work from different translations to the and then always reference it with the mounts and uh which is greek and the young's literal translation too okay good stuff coach jeff thank you for coming in god bless you and uh, we'll see you again soon okay yeah it sounds good maybe we can touch base on a little bit more of the answer to this and revival next time yeah absolutely okay this is your life god's truth your qfm